Traveling Mystery Solvers Union Local 236 presents Chicago Unbelievable with Adam and Hector. Check out our books and podcasts and tours at chicagounbelievable.com. Welcome once again to Chicago Unbelievable. I am Adam Seltzer. I am here with Hector Reyes. Hello. Uh, Hector. And we are joined tonight by Aaron Pischke. Hello. All right. We are actually at Whole House uh, today. You know, Hector and I started doing ghost tours together about five or six years ago now. Mm-hmm. Does it seem like that long ago? Do you yeah, feel? it does not feel like it at all. And the first year we were coming here, uh, just about every night that we had something weird happen, it happened at Whole House. Yes. Uh, the stories about this place have been going around for a very long time. By the time Jane Addams moved in in the 1880s, it was already rumored to be haunted. Uh, the place was built by Charles Hull in 1856. In the 1860s, his wife and two of his kids died there. Um, <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, so eventually after that, it became a, a, a home for the aged run by a Catholic charity. About half a dozen nuns and 40 old people living here. And a great number of them probably died. Yeah, superstition that ghosts could not cross water. It's a very old superstition about ghosts. It goes back to a similar superstition about fairies. Jane Addams loved that kind of stuff. One thing I'd always heard when we started was that Jane Addams hated superstitions. Uh, the truth was she actually loved them. She used to send anecdotes about weird things she heard from uh, poor Irish people to William Butler Yeats. Really? Yeah, so yeah. he could uh, help prove that people still believed in fairies even after they left the country and moved to the city. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, she never n- talked about a haunted attic herself other than just when she moved in. But while she lived here, she did tell a lot of friends that there was a haunted bedroom in here. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories going around about it. I've been digging up research for a book on uh, the ghosts of Whole House that should be available for Kindle by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, the story goes that one of her friends was staying a night in the room and woke up seeing a woman in white standing over the bed. I have never found the source of that story. Actually, that happened to Jane Addams herself. Right, because I remember the story we used to tell was it was a duchess that was visiting. Yeah, I don't know where. Yeah, I'd heard that a few times. I couldn't find a source on that. Actually, uh, what happened was there was always kind of a reputation for this one bedroom. It's uh, on the front side over on the north side of the house. Uh, There was always a reputation for that one being a place where nobody ever got a good night's sleep. Uh, The guy from Toynbee Hall, the uh, settlement house in London that this was all based on, came to spend the night here. He and his wife said they'd had a dreadful night there, didn't sleep a wink, but he wouldn't say why. So uh, Jane and her friend decided to check it out for herself. Her, her friend, her, quotation her, her marks. Her friend, quotation marks. We, <laughs> okay. we do, we do, there is a lot of speculation about how good of friends they were. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, they spent a night in there. They, you know, turned out the lights as low as they could get them. There were still lights coming in from Halstead Street, and there was a fireplace going. But they woke up at the same second in the middle of the night and saw a woman in white looking down at them. So Jane woke up and said, thought it was the maid, and said, is that you? And the figure just kind of zipped away through the door and was gone. And Jane Addams never spent another night in the room herself again. Uh, thereafter, eventually, they turned it into a storeroom and a dressing room. At one point, there was a theater built adjacent to this, and they used that room as a dressing room. There was a night when a bunch of girls were in there changing clothes, and uh, suddenly they came running out screaming, saying there was a woman in a white dress sitting on one of the boxes. 
and that they were never going in there again. Oh, nice. Uh, that's about the last of the actual ghost stories I know of from the time. But, of course, the big story that everybody remembers about the place is the devil baby rumors that went around the neighborhood in 1913. Hector, you want to tell that story? I, uh, um, <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. Um, according to rumor, according to legend, the, um, there was a um, there was a baby born in a neighborhood. This baby um, had uh, scaly skin. He had uh, red, red, red eyes. His, his skin was also red. He had horns and a, and, a, and a tail. And that within a few days of being born, he had seen a priest walking down the street. He ran to the priest. Now, mind you, he's only a few days old. In cloven feet, I might add ran to the priest, grabbed the priest's cigar, and began to, like, jump up and down, swearing at the priest while smoking said cigar, and that this baby was immediately sent to Hull House, and thousands of people would come here looking for the devil baby. Yeah. Which, I'm, I'm sorry, that, that, that story hurts to tell. To tell yeah. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yes, thousands of people in 1913 came demanding, offering to pay to see it and everything. And mm-hmm. initially, Jane Addams was really annoyed. She found that this was, you know, these were a lot of women who had very little control over their own lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were mostly recent immigrants. They didn't understand what their kids were talking about half the time. They didn't even speak the same language as their kids anymore the time, in, exactly. in very many situations. And this was kind of where they came into their own. It was like, aha, now we're in my territory here. <laughs> 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 and eventually she got to be got to a point where she was really kind of sad to have to tell people it wasn't real right because she felt like she was really letting them down mm-hmm. but anyway there are a lot of ghost tours in the city that still say the thing was actually real and that it is buried over in what they call the garden of evil the next garden door of evil. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little courtyard adjacent to hull house over here i am running a bunch of different mics if you guys happen to pick up a weird voice it's probably just somebody walking around here <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we are still on Halstead Street. It's a busy street in Chicago. But if you hear anything, by all means, let us know. Because uh, uh, jump, yeah, oh. jump. Uh, as we did have, uh, as I've explained, about ninety-nine percent of the stuff that's happened to us here, and uh, most of the pictures that we've gotten. There are a lot of crazy pictures that people get here, and I, I've explained most of them, but not quite all of them yet. Mm-hmm. Hector and I are now standing in the Garden of Evil. Uh, people say that when you cross the threshold here, you'll experience dizziness, shortness of breath. Never happened to me, but I certainly saw it happen to other people. Uh, yeah, especially uh, since we told them it was going to happen. Right, which, <laughs> which, 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 which is usually the, which is usually how this how these yeah. things work. Yeah. There's a fountain right over here that oh, looks rather spooky. Damaged. It's badly damaged fountain. Wow. It's not even it's not even attached to the ground anymore. I noticed uh, when I had a walking tour group out here a while ago. Lot of people actually using the dining room tonight. Yeah, there's uh, some kind of. Uh going on and they're looking at us oh good but well you know i had always heard that the people at whole house hated all of these stories i found when i've talked to them myself they don't really seem to mind it so much Mm -hmm. i've never once spoken to anybody who worked in the building including people who worked there for years who ever actually said that they saw a ghost there though Uh, although what's interesting is that uh we've always seen like uh one thing we always see ourselves is some kind of movement inside the house on the second floor, right? Which could be contributed to uh, attributed. I'm sorry to uh, like fans or the heater going or stuff like that. But there are uh, there's a lot of movement upstairs that that sometimes yeah. can't be explained, right? You know. And what, what was that thing where people were seeing things in their camera viewfinder, but not actually, uh, but not actually with the naked eye? I oh. had some things like that happen, didn't you as well? Yeah, that that actually happened during a tour. Um, 
back in uh, back like one Halloween, we were I was doing a tour. I had just, actually just worked a double, uh, doing two or three tours. That's a double for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't ask. But uh, I was doing this tour, and I was telling the stories of Hull House, including about the Devil Baby, and how we had recently captured a little girl holding a doll on film, yep. which our uh, our um, our associate Ken had uh, explained to me. So I didn't pay the story no mind. I usually don't pay a lot of stories mind. I just I, I I'm one of those people who need to see it to believe it. Well, I, I had come up here, and everyone had gone to the front door because that's where. Everyone that, that's, that's where we go. After, after we yeah. get people off the bus, they go up to the front door to take pictures of the staircase. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of very famous pictures in ghost circles that yeah. were taken of that staircase. So, And, and these people obviously knew that they, this is the place to go. So everyone ran to the front of the stairs. I chose to go over to the courtyard here um, because there was a young lady here who claimed to be psychic. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, if you claim to be psychic and you're kind of cute, I wasn't going to lie. I was flirting. <laughs> So as we're talking and we're just walking around, all of a sudden I hear screaming coming from the front door. Now believe me when I tell you, in a ghost tour, screaming is unusual. Yeah, it doesn't you, happen much. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So the first thing that in my mind is like, oh my God, they're being robbed. <laughs> Somebody runs over and says, Hector, you got to get to the front door right away. So I ran to the front door and I look into the front door asking what's going on. And there are three people standing at at the windows. A very tall gentleman and two young ladies on the, either one of his of his sides, and they're they've got their cameras, and they're, you know, they're frozen. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? So I'm looking inside to see what they're looking at, and uh, I go, I don't see anything. No sooner did I said that when the tall gentleman said, No, Hector, look inside the cameras. So I looked in the cameras, and it was all three cameras. I wish it was. If it was just one, I could explain it away, but it was all three capturing the same thing. It was a ghostly, it, best way to describe it is ghostly girl in a blue dress. I could see the blue dress very clearly. I could see her brown eyes. I could see her black hair and her bow on her hair, and she was holding a doll, and she was, it was Victorian, a Victorian dress. She was walking back and forth, looking into the camera, walking up to the door, walking up the stairs. Now, if it was this one camera, I could explain it away. This is a recording. It was all three, and none of them were recording. It was being, it was live. So we're standing there watching this girl. She gave us a good show for at least, like, 20, 25 minutes before I was like, take pictures, take pictures. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Take pictures. And he started snapping pictures. And then, like, about 15 minutes later, the apparition was gone. Everyone, I was like, the tour is over. I brought everyone back. It was a very, very, very uh, strange experience that we had just had. And I told them all, send me pictures. Uh, Through the website, through my email, send me pictures. Um, Ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this, if (laughs) you take pictures, this is a bane to all Uh ghost hunters, ghost ghost tour guides. guides. This is a bane to us. If we ask you to send us pictures, it's not because we want these pictures for our own profit. No. no. It's because we don't want you to erase them. Because people have the tendency of destroying photographs that they think is freaky. Which yeah, that happens a lot. All the best pictures I ever saw that before I had a chance to analyze it, I would kind of scream and delete, delete, yeah. delete, delete. And it's like, no, don't delete and it. Do not delete it. Send it to us. Right. It's, you it's know? very, I, I would say maybe 10% of the good pictures I saw actually mm-hmm. got sent to me. And I, yeah. I, I imagine that maybe they got home, put it on a bigger screen and realized, oh, that wasn't a ghost. It was uh-huh. just blank. Like, uh, I remember one particular night 
We were out here in the garden. Somebody took a picture that looked for all the world like three guys in hooded robes sitting on one of these benches out here. Uh -huh. And for the rest of the tour, everybody was just crowded around them. And I was able to tell just from looking at, you know, I've zoomed in on the thing. I realized she had taken a picture of the back of her husband's shirt, <laughs> which had, <laughs> and I, I couldn't bring it bring myself to tell them. I'm sure when, once they got it onto their computer, they figured out what it was. Yeah. And we never heard from them again. And it became the, the popular group, a popular pair in the crowd. Because yeah. the, the people who get the good, best photographs are the ones that become popular on the tours. Right. Yeah. So. No. Like, like, as I said, most of the stuff that's happened here, oh, we got one of the bunnies of evil. Yeah. The bunnies Evil's of bunny. evil is out in the garden. And I'm going to put as many pictures that I've got up on the uh, Chicago Unbelievable blog, chicagounbelievable.com. We've gotten quite a number of them. Now, we're facing this window, this uh, door window right here that kind of juts out into the garden. Now, this is a kind of a weird thing. I had several kids who came on my tours back in the day when I used to come here who would look in that window and tell me there was a woman wearing a white bonnet in I there. I remember that, yeah. And I was really careful not to say anything about a white bonnet ahead of time just uh, because of that. And usually the kids didn't even quite know what to call the bonnet. They didn't right. quite know what it was. They would just say, like, she has a white thing on her head. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I remember and, that little girl that, uh, that it came, I brought her to a tour here as well. And she, I told her, go stare inside that, at that window. And she was a sweet little girl. I felt bad that I did this to her. Yeah. She looked in the window and then she ran into the bus screaming. Yeah. And I was she like, wouldn't say what she saw. She would. She refused to say what she saw, and I, I wouldn't tell her what she was looking for. So when she told me it was a woman in a white bonnet, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so so sorry. Yeah. You know, I felt so bad. Not really, but I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as to the history of the garden itself, you hear I, I hear from people who've been on other tours wild stories about this, like the Potawatomi performed a ghost dance to curse the white man here after the Fort Dearborn massacre, <laughs> and uh, or that there's a Potawatomi shaman named Laughing Wolf buried here, or that it's just a general Indian burial ground mm -hmm. or a graveyard for aborted fetuses. Now none of this has any basis in fact, but what is true is when Jane Adams first moved in, there was an undertaking parlor on that spot. Wow. That I did not know. Um, yeah, for some, somehow in all of the tour stories and the websites and stuff and the books about Chicago ghosts, that's an issue that got left out. Instead of instead they put in all this nonsense stuff, the real story is there was a undertaking parlor on one side and a saloon on the other. One Chicago humorist said the three buildings were uh, night, death, and the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and well and that's that's pretty well verifiable. It's in 20 years at Hull House, Jane Adams's book. Um, I'm taking a look up at the window right now. These voices you're hearing are just people walking up here. It's nothing supernatural. <laughs> um, we're walking up towards the uh, front doorway now. Actually, directly above us, if you look at the, if we can look up at these windows, that was the haunted room right there oh, yeah. on that side. Wow, that's Okay. Which is which is weird because you know very little. I none of the pictures I ever saw were ever of that room. Did you ever yeah. see anything there? I've seen a, actually. I saw something with a couple of people on a tour. Uh, people who claimed they were devil worshippers and they commune with the dead. When when you come on a tour and you say stuff like that, we're gonna mess with you. Oh yeah, always. Oh yeah. Uh, that's that's that's. A, and I don't care what tour company you're going with, you're gonna get messed with. But yeah. I was talking to these people and I was trying, of course, trying to get uh, you know trying to give them the creepiest stuff because they're always the most fun. Mm. And as I was talking, I saw a woman walk into that bedroom, and I knew the building was empty. Really? Yeah, and it's like, I, I remember I told you about this before, and you uh -huh. were like, there was probably somebody working, and I was like, you're probably right. But it was just at the right moment where it's like, I'm trying to uh, talk to these people, and next thing you know, we see somebody walk across uh, a window, and we're like, whoa, wait a minute, yeah. what just happened? 
That's that's also the window where the shutters would change yeah. occasionally. If there was about a month-long period, I don't know if there was just somebody who worked there sneaking in to mess with us or what. I think that. But we were always looking up. We would always tell people to look at the shutter at the windows to see if the shutters were open or closed when we first got here. Then we'd get everybody off the bus, walk around a little bit, get back to the bus, and the shutters would have changed. Yeah. So it's if if they were messing with us, I give them kudos for not taking it too far. You exactly, know, yeah. they didn't jump out us or anything. They just did about the most subtle thing. Well, plus they would have been standing. Uh, you know, I'm pretty brave about this kind of stuff nowadays. But right behind that window is Jane Adams' death mask. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would kind of freak me out a little bit. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that you don't want to be next to. Yeah, it just it, it just creeps me out one way or the other. I mean, Jane Addams was a great woman. She won a Nobel Peace Prize. I don't want to be next to anybody's death mask. <laughs> you know, let's go check out the stairs a little bit. Right. Let's walk up a little closer. Now, the one of the the stairs have been redone. Uh, they get redone pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, the famous pictures here, as uh, people say, they take pictures of phantom monks here. And actually, if you look at the cover of the Whole House ebook that's about to go up, there is actually a very good example of it. What it actually is, though, is it's a an example I created uh, using a picture of the staircase and a picture of Hector's ear. <laughs> Which is what they usually turn out to be. It almost always turns out to be My a ear. reflection of somebody's ear from looking in the... Because you have to go through the window unless you take a picture through the mail slot, which uh, which will at least get you away from the smudges. Well, I want to be everyone's phantom ear, though. That makes me feel good inside, <laughs> you know? Now, people will probably hold it up as a ghost picture. I yeah. find that, you know, I this is why I've always kind of hesitant to make up any stories and you know if I make up a story I I do it as a joke and I'm very open about the fact that I made it up right but um all the time I see things that I thought were pretty obviously made up like remember the one-legged stripper yes uh people really go looking for the ghost of the one-legged stripper yeah that makes me sad uh, the hand of drywall Dave at the hotel too that gets actually I've seen it on web pages all over the place uh, at this one hotel we investigated, you can see this picture on our on our blog as well. There's this uh, thing that looks like a hand jutting out of the wall. That we actually found it a hole in the wall. It was jutting out of the foundations. We thought it was like a glove that got plastered over. It well, actually wasn't that. It's deteriorated enough now that uh, I can see it was never a glove. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but we made up this joke. Like, so maybe there was, though, according to legend, there was a worker who got walled up inside of the place. So this could be the hand of drywall Dave yeah. reaching out towards freedom. The story of the worker being walled up in the place is all over the internet now. Yeah, which which doesn't make any sense because, okay, wouldn't there be a police report attached to that? Wouldn't right. Wouldn't there be a, a missing persons report? This being Chicago. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, well, that is true. You <laughs> know, he might have been a gangster. Who knows? Drywall day. <laughs> Or, or, you know, since it's grabbing onto a crossbar, my other joke is that it's Teddy Roosevelt carrying a big stick. And yeah. people actually laugh at that joke, too. That's, of all the jokes I told on the tour, that was the one that surprised me most, that it got a laugh. No, the one-legged stripper joke. Got the one-legged stripper that, joke. That, that always, because it was, it was such a groaner. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one that I wish I had uh, sound effects of crickets going over the, uh, the loudspeaker. Yeah, now, Erin, you're taking some pictures tonight. Yes, I am. Um, I did notice that the front door is so easy to get. I mean, every time I moved, the reflection moved and right. it made a different reflection in the camera. And mm. to be honest, it's kind of freaky. It, yeah. it freaks you out, even though you know what it is. So I can see. Mm -hmm. Especially someone. if you've just been sitting on a giant black bus being yeah. told all of these exactly. stories by exactly. guys like Hector. And so, I, yeah, because I, I tell really great stories and it's a little yeah. psychosomatic sometimes. Oh, yeah. If you, have, if you hear a really great ghost story and you're in that house, 
you're going to see something because yeah. your, your head yeah. is in that place. Everything right. is, everything's going to be a ghost. Right. We're pretty <laughs> open about that kind of yeah, stuff. Exactly. I mean, well, this place may, inf- if, you know, if it is haunted, uh, it's it still generates a lot of false positives. Exactly. It's a very easy place for your mind to play tricks on you. Yeah. And wow. now they've got these... Uh, these translucent images of children in the window, yeah, which are just for display. But yeah, they look yeah. kind of spooky. Yeah, it's well, only in a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, especially if you're looking from the front windows because they're on the back of the house. Mm-hmm. You're looking through those front windows. You see like these images. I can see how freaky that would be for someone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got to go into this area right here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Aaron, you want to you want you want to see a cold spot? Feel yeah. a cold spot, Aaron. Walk, walk, walk through here. There's, there's, there's invariably a cold spot right here. Yeah, always here. Right here. Right here? Yeah. Keep walking. There's always a cold spot right here. Is it because I'm walking past a warm air vent? Yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but yeah, every now and then we could get some woman going, oh, Jesus, hell. <laughs> no, I, well, it's, it's kind of chilly. Once in a while, a guy. So. Yeah, once in a while, a really pretty yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was also one over by that tree in the garden, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, that we would feel occasionally. That one, that one was just odd. Yeah. Yeah, There's a couple of things. There are a couple of things about that garden that are just odd. There's a cold spot over by one of the trees that we felt a few times, and if you stomp on the ground, it feels hollow, and we're not really sure why. Yeah, that's which is an odd, um, odd feeling. It's not because there's the coffin of a Potawatomi shaman under there. Though. Which, by the way, I did a tour group of Potawatomis from Wisconsin. Really? And uh, I was asked. There was one girl who was actually intrigued to be a shaman, and she was getting a lot of bad vibes from uh, this place. But as I was talking to them, the first thing words out of their mouth is after I told the story was like. Okay, no, there's no, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's none of the you said about the Native Americans are true. Right. And, well, I, and I was like, these are just the stories that goes. I understand. Just don't tell it to yeah, us. As I understand, the ghost dance movement didn't even start up until way after the mm-hmm. Fort Dearborn massacre. Exactly. Um, it was in the 1880s, 1890s when yep. that, when those happened. Right. And those people unfortunately were massacred while they were doing it. So. Oh, yeah, definitely didn't happen here. Well, well granted, though, as the, the Indian burial ground stories, usually when somebody says this place was built on an Indian burial ground, it means to me that they're lazy with coming up with a ghost story. Mm-hmm. But... Seen too many poltergeists. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, like, as one of my friends told me, a friend of mine's an archaeologist, he said, believe me, if the real world was like poltergeist, every archaeologist would be screwed. Yeah. Because all they do is dig up dead Indians. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, try finding a place in Chicago where a Potawatomi or here in Wyandotte Indian wasn't buried. That's true. So. Yeah, this, was, this was their land, so they uh, pretty much, and they were nomadic. Yeah. They buried their dead where they could. Uh, we are still at Hull House. We're hanging around him in the back area right now. There's a warm air vent. It is Chicago in early March, yeah. so so it does us good to be hanging out by warm air vents every now and then. Indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, what else? What anything else happened here that you remember? The biggest thing was was the oh, uh, the the Ghost Girl the sequel happened here as well. Yeah. Um, about uh, four months after the incident with the doorway. There was uh, there was um, a group of people that I was with who were uh, really fascinated by the story. It was specifically this couple, and this couple was um, was just hanging out with me. Uh, the woman was uh, talking to me. The husband walked away and took a picture of me and his wife, and I was pointing at the windows upstairs. I was in the Garden of Evil at the time <laughs> with some evil bunnies and such. And... Um, when they took the picture, uh, they didn't show it to me right away. When we were on the bus on the way back, I was explaining, you know, I was saying my goodbyes and such, and I like saying as such for some other reason. And uh, I hear, I hear her go, <gasps> gasp. I'm like, 
Okay, that's unusual. What's going on? Hector, you got to see this picture, but you have to pull over first. <laughs> like, I have to pull over. What's the big deal? And, like, people were crowding around her. So I look. I, I pulled the bus over. I look at the picture, and there's this young little girl standing right behind me, looking right at me. And it was, it was zoomed in. And they, they, I don't think they had time to Photoshop because it just happened. A little, a little girl in a blue Victorian dress and a blue bow looking right at me as I'm pointing up at this window. I couldn't sleep that night because, and of course, they erased the picture. I watched them do it. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Yeah, I hate even repeating those stories because it always sounds so made up. We finally proved ghosts are real, and they deleted the picture. Exactly. And we finally got the picture of Bigfoot, and the lens cap was on. Exactly. It's like, it, but in our case, it, but it, it happens. It. It, yeah. These things do happen, folks. It drives us insane. It's like, oh. Yeah. Now, as as for the little girl, that was a weird thing. In 2006, it was. We were having all of these sightings of a little girl. We have no idea who that might be the ghost of. Mm -hmm. With a woman in white, it could be somebody from the home for the age that was here. More likely, it's the ghost of Millie Hull, Charles Hull's wife, because she was never described as an old woman. Right. Millie Hull was only in about her 30s or so when she died. I can't remember what year she was born in. She died in 1860 when her husband was 40. Mm -hmm. So she was probably in her late 30s, this being the Victorian day. Mm -hmm. So with the little girl, we got nothing. I got, yeah. I've got i not found any story about a little girl dying inside of this place. Although it's, it is possible because a lot of children were abandoned to... Yeah, uh, abandoned to, the whole to, house yeah, and might have been just left on the doorstep or mm -hmm. something yeah. and died right there. But this mm -hmm. is not an infant or anything. No, it's not. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a it's between 10 to 12 years old. Mm -hmm. She's maybe about... Yay tall, about five feet. That's yeah, about, about five. That sounds about right. Yeah, about five feet tall. So she's a she's a tall girl, you know. And mm -hmm. it's just and, and very obviously like you know looking at me when the, in, when I saw that picture. That was so creepy. Yeah. Um, somebody claimed that her name was Rebecca. Yeah. But then again, it's like you know. It's we, it's one of those. Well, this was as I recall, the woman who said her name was Rebecca was one of the psychics who had passed our tests. Because uh -huh. we get we, we get a lot of psychics on the tour, people oh, who say right. that they're psychic, yeah. and when that happened, we would usually make up a story just you know to see if they could spot us at or if they would say, oh yeah, I really feel that one, mm -hmm. which is what happened about ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, but the ones one but once in a while. every now and then, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean they can commune with the dead or anything, but they at least passed our test. Mm -hmm. And that yeah, so somebody said her name was Rebecca or Becky. Yeah. And another one who passed the test for me said there was, you know, she was feeling there was definitely a little girl. There was some kind of drama with her mother. Mm. But, yeah, we found nothing historical that really backs any of this. Uh, well, one, one curiosity is that Charles Hull, according to uh, the story about the reading of his will in the Chicago Tribune, it's, it's, the reading of his will sounded fascinating to me. It was like a scene from Clue. <laughs> uh, they had gathered all of his relatives into a mansion. There was a bust of him looking down on the proceedings. It, it wasn't a dark and stormy day, unfortunately. I did check the weather report from that day in 1889 <laughs> to make sure. It was a fair day in February with a mild wind. Um, but they all gathered around thinking, oh boy, this is it. We're finally going to be rich. And then the, uh, the executor of the estate opened the envelope and found that he had left everything to the housekeeper. Who used it to grant the rent-free lease on this property to Jane Addams for 20... I think it was either 25 years or the, the whole of her life, depending on which story you read. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't... I don't know the exact details of it myself. Hmm. But 
another, another thing that that article mentioned, the one describing the reading of his will, was that around the time of the Civil War, Charles Hull got really into spiritualism, as was the style at the time. Of course. So <laughs> it's entirely possible that he used to hold seances in here. So it could be that, that, that maybe that little girl is some kind of spirit they called in. But that kind of begs the question, why didn't anybody talk about it until 2006, 140 years later? I don't know. That's so, a, that but, you know, that's, I'm not a parapsychologist or anything. I don't even exactly believe in ghosts. I've seen enough weird stuff to keep me wondering. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I know at least a little bit about science. I know, I know science from science fiction for the most part. Exactly. Speaking of science... Yes, this is an interesting thing. We do, we do have a lot of things like camera malfunctions, weird EMF readings. You might be picking up weird noises listening to us right now, but mm-hmm. what did Hector just realize? As I'm walking around the corner, I hit, and I don't think any of us had ever noticed this. Yeah, even, even though we are on the UIC campus here, this is part of the University of Illinois at Chicago uh-huh. campus. The research facility and the science building is right next to Hull House. Mm-hmm. And it's like, research facility means they experiment on many a lot of things. They might have been experimenting with electromagnetic energy, which... Yep, which if you're running around with one of the EMF readers, that's it, that could mess with that pretty seriously. Exactly. You so, know, well, really, it's, it's tough to use anything like that in the city. It's, mm-hmm. it, um, like the microphones and stuff. You, mm-hmm. If you want to pick up a voice of a dead person, presumably you're going to want a pretty sensitive microphone. Uh-huh. But if you use too sensitive a microphone you're going to be picking up people from we might be picking up people from who are walking clear over there on the other side of the campus yeah we might have found out that Um, uh, Becky might be pregnant right (laughs) (laughs) there was was one time I was in the basement of a supposedly haunted theater and we picked up a voice really clearly I mean this was not one of those things where it's just like a garbled transmission or compressing the audio or something and it sounds like a voice this was people talking Right. And we got really excited for a minute until we, you know, play back the recording, turn it up, and realized that they were ordering a cheeseburger. <laughs> uh, we had picked up a McDonald's that was also on the block. And that's the kind of the problem in the city. And also, if you get anywhere you are, if you get a weird reading on your EMF reader, that could mean a lot of things. It could mean there's a radio tower nearby or something. Mm, exactly. Or uh, you might be underneath power lines. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, m- most of those most of those gadgets they use them on the TV shows because they look good on television, mm-hmm. and practically nobody uses them correctly anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, which yeah. is why we're out here today. We've got we've got a camera. We've got an aud- uh, an audio recorder. I've spent enough time at this place that at this point I definitely don't really expect I'm going to see anything. Mm-hmm. But even even in places that are new to me, I don't bring a lot of gear. I just want to see the ghost. I don't right. want to see a, a reading on the gear. Mm-hmm. But if there's a ghost, I want to see it not, exactly. and, and know that I saw it. Not know that I saw an equipment malfunction. Yeah, but but you know gadgets are fun. Yeah, but gadgets are fun and expensive. They're toys. Yeah, that's what they are. They're they're yeah. toys. And uh, I I equate the recent uh, surge in ghost hunting as the uh, spiritualism of the 1800s, where it's like it became, it's kind of the style right now. Yeah, you know, and it's going to continue to be the style for a little while longer until somebody says, you know what. This is expensive. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Which is exactly what they did in the 1800s. That's the reason why it fell out of fashion. Mm-hmm. Too many frauds, and they were taking too much money. Yep. Well, there's so many. There are so many shows out there right now. I mean, I know there's a surge of popularity just among the people I know mm-hmm. because they watch all the shows that are on TV now. That yeah. kind of it, it looks kind of glamorous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know personally, the more I try and investigate, the less afraid of it I am. So I think. That's, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's why. That's that's more why I'm out here. So. The first time they ever took me here, I was kind of approaching it on tiptoes. But now, you know, I was just I was inside it yesterday. I actually went inside of the haunted room. Oh, you know what I found out? They've actually got a sign in there about the coffin nook. 
What? There's a, if you go to the top of the stairs, so if you look at pictures of the staircase, guys, you'll see that it, it kind of curves around up at the top, and there's a nook where they usually keep a vase or something. And uh, somebody told us on the tour one time that that's called a coffin nook. They would build them into curving staircases so you could get coffins around the corner in case somebody died. You know, other pieces of furniture you can tilt around a little bit more, but it's not... You don't want to tilt around the dead body. Yeah, you don't want to tilt a dead body around. It's a lack of propriety to do yeah. such things. And I kind of wondered if that was for real or just something somebody told us. But no, you go to the top of the stairs at Hull House, there's actually a sign explaining the coffin corner. Nice. That's oh, awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is a museum, and the Whole House Foundation is well worth donating to. They got their hand in a lot of really good things in the city and around the world. But yeah, you can go in. You can't. You, they don't let you take pictures inside. They're not going to let you dig up the garden looking for the corpse of the devil baby. That would be a bad uh, They're not going to let you run a ghost hunt in here. And uh, they, they don't respond to requests from paranormal groups. Because obviously, if they let somebody in here to investigate, and that person said, hey, yes, we found a ghost... Uh, that means people can say that Hull House itself authorized people to say they saw a ghost there. Yeah, and obviously they don't want to do that. Especially, especially since there hasn't been an official recorded ghost sighting here in about a hundred years. Yeah, sure. So, other, other than stuff people think they see on tours, I don't know of anybody claiming to have seen anything here for about a hundred years now. Yeah, us, we're not official. Us, right? But you know, just on tours. Exactly. Although one of these days I would love to sleep in this building. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That that that's another thing to consider. None of the employees have seen anything here, but they're also not here at night very much. Exactly. They also haven't tried to sleep in the old haunted bedroom. Mm -hmm. Or at least like you know slept in the Garden of Evil. Right, the Garden of Evil. 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 Uh, who started calling it the Garden of Evil? Do we know which tour oh, guide? Oh, I, I know exactly who started. Okay, we, yeah, young we probably shouldn't start. We probably yeah. shouldn't name names. Yeah. But with with most of the most of the stories that go around, not only do we know that they're made up, but Hector and I at this point are pretty sure we know who made them up. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, similar to the story of if there's a headless ghost here that'll follow you home if you don't cross yourself. Uh huh. <laughs> Although I'll admit that story, when told, is a well-told story. Oh yeah, very creepy. Yeah, th these things. On a, if, if we tell these things right, you can't. We can really freak you out. I don't like. I got to where I didn't really like doing it at Whole House too much because you know people don't go home and say, "Oh, he just made that up to scare me." They go home and say, "Man, I'm going back there and bugging the staff." Yeah. And I didn't really like that. Now, Jane Adams, I actually think now would probably be very amused about the whole thing. Amused? She'd probably like be having us over for dinner. Yeah, she'd be she'd be you know taking notes. Exactly. Because uh, she she did manage to she did see a lot of value in folklore mm -hmm. herself. Exactly. In fact, she described that she had a hunger for folklore. In twenty, when she talked about the, uh, she thought that might be why she thought they were using the pitchers of water to stop ghosts from mm -hmm. uh, coming down. She had a hunger for folklore. I have a hunger for cheesesteaks. All right, speak, speaking of that, shall we go get some food, Hector? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good plan. <laughs> All right, uh, if you want to join us next time, we're going to be meeting up with a, a filmmaker that we've worked with before, a guy by the name of Michael Glover Smith, to talk about the early history of filmmaking in Chicago and early comedy in Chicago. Yeah, that So work. a little break from the ghost stuff for a while. So we, we are historians first and foremost mm -hmm. here at Chicago Unbelievable and the Traveling Mystery Solvers Union Local 236. Word. So, uh, yeah, we'll meet you next time. We're going to be talking about... SNA, Selling Polyscope, Gloria Swanson, Charlie Chaplin, Francis X. Bushman, and all the other biggest names in Hollywood. Oh, including uh, uh, the Three Stooges, believe yep. it or not. Three Stooges, Ben Turpin, Marx Brothers. Marx Brothers. All right, well, Hector will, keep, Hector will talk our ear up. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, 
Oh, yeah, from the bush of the youth. Okay, yeah. We tripped over something in the garden there and thought maybe we'd get a really good story. Down. It's the devil, baby! It's the devil, baby! All right, thank you very much. This is Chicago Unbelievable. Check us out online, chicagounbelievable.com.